0: You're listening to the New Spring Church Podcast. We're glad you're here. We want everyone everywhere to have an everyday relationship with Jesus, and we hope that this helps you do just that. Good morning, New Spring. Merry Christmas all across our state. Merry Christmas. It's good to see your beautiful, shining faces your shining faces are the only thing that's been shining for the last eight years in South Carolina because we've had lots of rain and it hasn't shined uh, since Reagan was president. But your shining faces are illuminating your campus right now today. My name is Clayton King, one of the pastors here. I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas and we're so glad you're here today for our gathering. I get to preach in our second week of our Story of Joy series and it's always an honor for me to get to preach today. You know, I was up this morning pretty early I typically wake up pretty early, and I was thinking, I want to get prepared for the message because I'm talking about joy, and we heard from Pastor Dan last week about it, and I get to preach on it today, so I kind of want to get some joy flowing in me. And I woke up around five, and I got up, and I was looking over my notes, and I just decided— On my drive to church today, from where I am right now, I live less than two miles away, it's about a five-minute drive. So I decided the world wants to steal my joy, but I'm not going to let it. I'm going to fight for joy. I'm going to fight for this joy of the Lord that the Bible promises me as my strength. So I decided because I'm an adult and I know how to do things I don't want to do, right? Adults... You got to do stuff you don't want to do so that sometimes you get to do what you want to do. And I wasn't feeling all the joy this morning. So I got in my truck and on the drive here, I just started out loud in my truck telling Jesus all the things I was thankful for. I started off by saying, Jesus, I'm thankful that I woke up this morning with a beautiful woman beside me in bed. My wife, my wife. I'm thankful that she loves me and chose me. Of all the billions of men she could have chosen, she chose me. I'm thankful that I woke up this morning and I got to push a button on a remote control and a gas log fireplace lit up and warmed up my 50-year-old back. Side note, I'm thankful that two weeks ago I turned 50 years old and I'm not dead in spite of what all the old men told me I was going to feel like when I turned 50. And I thanked God for this. Thank you, Jesus, that this morning I had not one but two cups of coffee. And thank you that Starbucks makes this particular kind of Keurig pod called double caffeine. And I had two of those this morning before 6 a.m. Is anybody as fired up as I am right now? I don't think so. And then I pull in the back park. And I said, Jesus, thank you that today I'm going to get to be around my brothers and sisters, that I'm going to feel their joy and they're going to feel my, you're going to feel my joy today. You're going to feel it before I'm done on this stage. Myrtle Beach, you're going to feel it. Florence, you're going to feel it. All the way down there in Hilton Head, you're going to feel it. And right here in this room, I might e- I might even explode with joy today. You know how that all happened? I just started thanking Jesus for all the good things he's already given me. And before I knew it, I went from, oh, man, it's nev- the sun's never going to shine again. It's going to rain till Noah builds an ark. I went from that to now I am ready to preach this message to you, filled with the joy of the Lord. My whole point is, sometimes you just got to fight for it. And that's what this story is about today. It's about Mary, the mother of Jesus, receiving a word that she was going to give birth to the Messiah, the King of Kings. Now, I need to define though for you what joy is. Joy, for us as believers, this is my personal definition, is a settled assurance in the love and faithfulness of Jesus. For me, that's my personal working definition. That no matter what happens in my life, no matter how bad the report is, no matter what the economy does as it fluctuates up and down, no matter what interest rates do, no matter what the economy does, no no matter what inflation does, no matter how much it costs me to fill up my diesel truck, I have a settled assurance in the love and faithfulness of Jesus. No matter how old I am or how good or bad I feel, I am settled. I am settled in the assurance that God loves me and God is faithful to me. That's what joy is for me. So when I understand that joy cannot be touched by the things of the world because Jesus is in me and no one can take him away from me and no one can pluck me out of his hand, joy then for me becomes something I am settled on, it becomes something I stand on. I plant my feet firmly in joy. And in this series, we're talking about how Luke, recorded the stories, not just of the life of Jesus, but he starts with the birth of Jesus. And Luke, one of the four gospel writers, wrote the book of Luke and the book of Acts in order to prove to a friend named Theophilus that the claims of Jesus were true and that the stories about Jesus were real. We don't know a lot about Theophilus. His name simply means friend of God or lover of God. And he had commissioned Luke to go investigate the claims of Jesus and to interview eyewitnesses who were there. And I personally believe that the reason we have the story of Elizabeth and Zechariah, that the reason we have the story of Mary is because Luke interviewed them face to face and got the firsthand account of what it was like to get the news from the angel Gabriel that Jesus was going to be born that's what joy is. And that joy is going to come out of this story. But oftentimes, we don't feel joy, especially at Christmas, because Christmas, at least according to every statistic I've read, for many people, is the hardest time of the year. I know for me personally, my parents who adopted me are both dead. My biological parents are both dead. All of my grandparents are dead. For me, Christmas is always a season of the year where I have to choose joy, settled on the assurance of God's faithfulness, when I, when I may not even feel joy. We get disappointed, and sometimes that disappointment leads us to doubt. As a matter of fact, my first point before I read the scripture is simply this. We're always disappointed when we think what happens will make us happy. It always leads to disappointment. If I think what happens to me is going to make me happy, then when something happens to me that's bad, I am sad. Joy is deeper and stronger than happiness because joy is not tied to what happens to me. And so many of us do get disappointed when we think what happens to us is going to make us happy. And Christmas for a lot of people is a time of disappointment. Let me tell you a true story from 1982. This happened at Five Forks in Simpsonville, South Carolina. There is a CVS where my house used to be right now. And uh, when I was a kid growing up on the farm, we hunted animals and and we worked on tractors. And my dad was a mechanic. He um, He was not the most romantic man that ever lived, is what I'm trying to say. I've never seen a look of disappointment on a human being's face like the look of disappointment on my mom's face Christmas day, 1982. So we get up, my brother and I unwrap our presents. There are Star Wars action figures everywhere. Now some of y'all girls are going to be like, oh, you played with dolls. No, I did not. They're not dolls. If a girl plays with it, it might be a doll. But when I played with it, it was an action figure. And I had G.I. Joe and He-Man and NWA and WWF and Star Wars. It looked like a toy store had exploded in our den. And at the end of all the toys being opened, my dad said, now he called my mom, Miss Jane. He said, now, Miss Jane, Got one more present, I saved the best for last. My dad walks over, grabs a box, a tall narrow box with wrapping paper, brings it to my mom, gives it to her. My mom tears the wrapping paper off the box, opens up the box and I kid you not, inside the box is a 410 pump shotgun. My dad bought my mom a shotgun for Christmas and I promise you in that moment, I thought she was gonna use it on my dad the look of disappointment and just absolute depression was all over her. That's my mom's shotgun story. But for a lot of us, that's our life story because we just expect to have a soft life when in reality, the key to joy is not to have a softer life. The key to joy is to live a surrendered life. For me to surrender to what Jesus has for me. And that's what Mary did. Look at Luke chapter one. They'll be up on the screen or you can look along with your copy of the scripture. Beginning in verse 26. Luke one twenty six, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, and he was of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Now, at that moment, everything feels pretty awesome, but look at what Luke records Mary's emotional response being. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. I just want to show you that, that joy sometimes is not easy to feel. Happiness and joy both sometimes are difficult to experience. The angel Gabriel has also appeared to Elizabeth. He's gonna tell Elizabeth, her cousin, Mary had an older cousin, Elizabeth, you're gonna have a baby too. You're too old, but God's gonna do a miracle. You've been praying for a baby and nothing's happened. You haven't been able to conceive. Zechariah, your husband has been praying for a baby, and I know that you think you're too old, but I've got good news for you. Then he goes to Mary. Mary is too young. She's also not married. She's engaged to Joseph. He's a man of character, a man of integrity. He's also of the lineage of King David, meaning the messianic lineage. The Messiah will be born through that DNA bloodline. And and Mary's there, here comes the angel, and the angel tells her something that does not make her happy. It deeply troubles her. Here's why. Because Mary had some plans, and God interrupted her plans. And if you're breathing, you can relate to that. Every one of us makes plans. Oh, my goodness. And I don't know who first came up with it. It ought to be in the Bible. If you want to make God laugh, just tell him your plans. How many of y'all can attest to that? You had plans. You planned to marry that boy back in the 1900s. But the Lord saved you from a train wreck. You planned to marry him, but God gave you that fellow you're sitting beside right now, and you ought to reach over and kiss him on the mouth. Not right now, but when you get home. And thank God that he put him in your life. We all have plans. Mary had plans. Not just plans, like she had a a real plan. Joseph, marriage, family. This was her whole entire life planned out in front of her. She also planned because she's a virgin. Now don't let some of your friends who have watched a YouTube uh, clip tell you, well, uh, technically Mary was not really a a virgin. Uh, The word virgin just means young lady. No, she had not had sex with a man. He literally says this here in the scripture. So she's like, uh, I know how this works, and my plan is to wait till I'm married to Joseph to have sex with Joseph. And now this angel is coming giving me news. It is a disruption to my plans. In other words, here's the thing when the angel comes to Mary, he says to her, Hey, highly favored woman. And Mary's like, Don't feel like favor to me. Don't feel like favor to me. Let me, let me give you an example of what this might feel like. I, I want to record, I want to report some really good news. Um, just, you know, we're in our overflow season right now as a church. 2016, our church was $46 million in debt. Now, today, as of this morning, because of your generosity and because of the overflow offering, the overflow offering, which is still open and some of you still need to give. You still need to pray and do what God tells you to do. And you need to do that. I'd do it today. Why wait if God's already told you what to give? Just do it. You have given $1.7 million already just in this overflow offering. $1.7 million. You've done that, church. And our debt is no longer $46 million as of this morning, $5.3 million. That's amazing. You can thank God for his faithfulness and for your generosity. And I know that a lot of us think, I thought this before. Well, my plan is I'll give and then I just can't wait to see how God blesses me. That's my plan. I'm gonna give and God's gonna give me more. But what if he doesn't give you more in the same way that you expected him to give you more? What if he gives you more trust? What if you have to face more fear? What if you do the right thing, the good thing, the godly thing, and it doesn't look like you had planned? Is what, happening, is, what is happening to you stealing your joy because the world's trying to steal your joy? Your TV screen is trying to steal your joy. That algorithm that keeps you and me scrolling our phones, looking at other people's feeds, comparing our regular life to their superior life, is trying to steal our joy. Are you going to let what happens to you rob you of your joy? Mary did not. It caused some doubt. It caused some confusion. It didn't feel like favor. And I want to make this point, and Mary shows us this, doubt is natural, but joy is supernatural. Doubt's natural. Doubt's natural. It's natural to doubt. If something sounds too good to be true, finish the statement. It probably is, right? That's the, if something sounds too good to be true, It's like when politicians, I don't care if they're left, right, or down the middle. When politicians tell me anything, I'm always, I don't hate politicians, but I'm always thinking to myself, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. If I get a text on my phone, click this link and you will get $100 million from a deposed Nigerian king. Sounds too good to be true. Probably is. Anybody ever got that email or that text? The only exception to this rule is the gospel. Doubt is natural, but joy is Supernatural. So Mary doesn't just get a text, Mary doesn't just get an email, Mary doesn't just hear a politician promising or, or 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 something like that. Mary gets an actual message from Gabriel, God's archangel, who delivers good news. And Mary has doubt. You may have never seen this before, but we see it in Luke 1:34 through 37. Mary asked the angel, how? Can this be, since I have not had sexual relations with a man? In other words, I might not have a Ph.D., but I know how babies are made, and I haven't made one. How can this be? The angel replied to her, "The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of." God, time out, pause, imagine being 15-year-old Virgin Mary, and you get this message. You're going to have a baby, even though you've never been with a man. Oh, and you're going to have a special baby, the most special baby of all, the Son of God. You're going to give birth to the Messiah. You're going to raise the King of kings and the Lord of lords of course Mary had doubts. And consider your relative Elizabeth, verse 36. Even she has conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month for her, who was called childless. And I love what Gabriel says in verse 37, for nothing will be impossible with God. Your cousin Elizabeth is too old to have a baby, but God can give her a baby. You have never, you're too young to have a baby and you're unmarried, but God is going to give you a baby. Two stories, two angelic messages, two births, two women, and here it is, doubt. How can this be? Hey, I want to I encourage you with something. Your doubts, and I know you have them, so don't act like you don't. It's okay. If you come to New Spring, you can come as you are. You don't have to clean up and act perfect when you come to New Spring or when you come to Jesus. I know you have doubts. Can I tell you something? Your doubts do not disqualify you from the love of God. Your doubts do not mean that you disbelieve. Where, where do we take our doubts? What do we do with our doubts? Because our doubts are natural, but joy is is supernatural. God did a supernatural act when he sent an angel to tell Mary, I'm gonna give you some news that's gonna absolutely freak you out, but the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit is gonna be with you. He says it right here. The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. In other words, your doubts are real and they are valid, but your doubts are nothing, nothing, nothing compared to God's ability to do miraculous things with your life when you will choose to trust him even when you're afraid. Are you hearing me? I've seen this in my life. I've seen this over and over again in my life. When I'm afraid, when I'm scared, when I don't know what God's up to, the last thing I need to do is bottle all of that up. The best thing I need to do is verbalize it and say it. How can this be? And I feel like that just opens up a line of communication between us and God. If you're having doubts in your life right now, how is my marriage going to make it? How will I ever beat this depression? How will I ever kick this pill habit? How will I ever stop drinking so much? How can I ever quit looking at porn? How can I get rid? I've tried. How can I get rid of this anger that I have towards my parents? How am, I gonna, how am I gonna forgive this person that abused me and neglected me? How, how, how? How am I gonna make it work financially? How am I gonna pay the bills? How am I gonna take my kids through college? How am I gonna, how am I gonna pay this medical bill they've already turned me over to a collections agency? You know the best thing to do with that doubt? Go to God and say, how is this gonna work? That, that, that's the whole first step of a surrendered life. I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't do this, Lord. You need to do this. Can you do this for me? I can't do this. And that's what Mary's saying. I can't can't give birth to a baby. The angel's like, don't you worry about it. The most high is with you. Her doubt did not take her to a place of disbelief. It brought her a supernatural joy because she put her yes on the altar. She put her yes on the altar. And when we put our yes on the altar, God puts his plan to work. When we just say yes to the Lord, when we surrender, when we submit, Mary is exhibit A of this. When you just say to God, hey, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Whatever amount I'm supposed to give, I'll give it. There might be somebody right now on one of our campuses, you could write a check and and pay off the remaining $5.3 million of debt at New Spring Church. And if God tells you to do that, put your yes on the altar. For somebody you've never tithed before, and your first tithe check might be $5.30. Just do what God tells you. Put your yes on the altar. Because when we put our yes on the altar... God's plan begins to unfold in front of us. We won't see all the details, but we'll see enough enough to stir up joy in us. Watch how Mary responds when the angel tells her the Holy Spirit's gonna come upon you and the Holy One is gonna overshadow you. Listen to what she says in verse 38. I am the Lord's servant, said Mary. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel left her. You're God, you call the shots. I surrender my life to you. So whatever you want me to do, you're gonna have to give me the power to do it. Whatever you're telling me to sacrifice, you're gonna have to give me the faith to do it. This is not the plan I would have picked for my life, but I don't pick my life. I just pick how I'm gonna respond to what you tell me. Notice how she responds. Her world is thrown into chaos when she gets a message from an angel that she's gonna have a baby because people are gonna talk. They know she's not married. People are gonna say things about her. Her reputation is going to be soiled. She's gonna have to pay a price for the joy that she is gonna experience and she's willing to pay it. Why? Because there was something more important to Mary than her plans and it was the Most High God. He mattered more to her than all the plans that she had created in her own life. And that's why she puts her yes on the altar. And She did that, God put her plans to work. I wonder what would happen in my life. Let me ask you this about yourself. What if I, what if you prayed more prayers like Mary? And what if I switched up my prayers? My prayers are almost always, God, do this for me. Make my life better, make my life easier, give me a softer life. But what if our prayers, what if the joy that we so desperately want? What if the our story of joy Your personal story of joy in your life. What if it was more connected to praying like Mary? God, whatever you have planned for me, let it happen to me. Whatever you have crafted and created in your heavenly counsels of wisdom, bring it. I can't do it without you, but we're going to have a story to tell when this thing is over. I'm going to have a testimony that people will not be able to shy away from. What if I prayed more prayers like this? God, whatever you have declared for me, whatever in your sovereignty you have picked for me, may it happen to me, may it be to me as you have said. That is the key to finding joy in your life. Happiness comes and goes, big whooping deal. I want joy. I want joy that is found in an intimacy and trust with God where I can say like Mary, may it be unto me. May it be done to me. May it all happen to me according to your word, your spoken word and your written word. This is the story of joy. Mary does something at the end of this passage that I wanna encourage all of us to learn how to do if we're not doing this already, because I want this to be practical. I want it to be biblical and practical. That's what we do as a teaching team. We we are anchored to the text. We exegete the word of God, but we wanna make it applicable to you. If you come to church on a Sunday, you need to know that our team has prayed and worked hard to help you see exactly what God wants to reveal from the Scripture. And I want to show you this in closing. You, no matter what is going on in your life, no matter how freaked out you are, no matter what medical condition you're wrestling with right now, no matter how broken your family members are, no matter how close you are to divorce, no matter how broken you are with a physical ailment or an addiction, listen to me, you can worship your way out of the thing that you are most worried about. That's the way out, that's the way out. The way out is not for me to just stew in a pot of my own depression and anxiety. I've been through depression. I know what it feels like. It's real. I'm telling you the way out is to just for a minute sometimes. that's so where you start, take my eyes off of everything I'm worried about. The economy, the war in Ukraine, nuclear weapons, global warming, global cooling, the crops in the field, the economy, who's going to win an election? Is my team going to win? Is my team going to lose? All the things I could be worried about, if I'll take my eyes off of those and look up. There's Jesus on his throne, high and lifted up. He ain't fretting. He's not wringing his hands. He's not taking a pole to see which way the wind is blowing. He's God. And if I've got him and he's got me, I can worship my way out of that thing I am worried about. And that is, man, I'm feeling this. That is exactly what Mary does. This is exactly what she does. Let me read it to you, starting in verse 46. She prays and she sings and she worships. Your Bible might call it Mary's magnificat. Y'all are like magnific- magnificent cat. What? Mag- there's no magnificent cats. Some magnificent dogs. Magnificent cat? What do you? No, Magnificat. There's a Latin word that means worship or praise. Here's what she says. Watch this. Now remember, Luke, writing this years after it happens, has interviewed Mary. He has talked to her face to face he records the words that she sang out in praise after the angel left her and after she gets to go and be around her cousin. Because when she gets to see her cousin, when she gets to be in the, in the presence of Elizabeth, back up to verse 38. Uh, verse thirty, Yeah, verse 38. She says, I'm the Lord's servant. And then in verse 39, she goes to visit her cousin. Verse 39, in those days, Mary set out and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah where she entered Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped inside of her and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women and your child will be blessed. Notice the joy in that house. Mary, pregnant with Jesus, walks into Elizabeth's house. Elizabeth, her cousin, pregnant with John the Baptist, hears Mary's voice. And Elizabeth is filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit. And watch this. The baby in her womb is also filled with joy. Side note, next month I I get the honor of preaching here at New Spring on Sanctity of Life Sunday. So I don't want to to pre-preach my message, but I just want to point this out to you and not miss an opportunity. Don't let anybody tell you that a preborn baby is just a fetus. John the Baptist is so alive and so aware of the presence of Jesus in his house that this baby, that some would call simply a fetus, is animated with worship in the presence of his cousin, who is also the preborn Savior of the world. Look at that joy. And then how does Mary respond? She's with her cousin Elizabeth. All the doubt, all the confusion, and the angel tells her about Elizabeth. Why? Because God wanted Mary to go be around her people. Sometimes you got to fight for joy by getting in the presence of other people that have joy too. That's why I'm going to tell you every Sunday, look, I understand travel ball. I understand vacations. I know some people like to play golf and some people like to go to the race and some people like to go to sports. But you know what? Sunday's the Lord's day. And I'm going to plan my other stuff around Sunday church attendance. You know why? It's not because I'm trying to earn God's love or favor or check a box. It's because I need to be around y'all. I need to be with you. I need to be with you on Sunday because I've had a really rough week. I have had a really hard time this week, so I need to get around y'all. Because I'm going to see Brad today. I'm going to see Trevor Cox today. I'm going to see Rocky today. I'm going to see friends of mine today. Kelsey, texting me this morning at 6 a.m. Telling me you're praying for me. I love you for that. You're faithfully consistent. I need to be around the people of God. Mary had doubts and fears. And the angel said, go see your cousin Elizabeth. Because y'all's joy is going to be amplified when y'all come together. That's That's why we need each other. That's why we need the family of God. And so, watch Mary worship her way out of the things she's worried about. She goes to see her cousin. She gets in a, in a place where she is now stirred up with joy. And this is what comes out of her mouth Verse 46 My soul praises the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Time out. Do you hear what she's saying? This is Mary saying, not only is my son my son, but he's also my Savior. Mary had to have her sins forgiven. Mary had to believe in Jesus. She had to not only birth the Son of God, she had to put her faith in the Son of God. And she is praying that and singing that in her Magnificat. Because he has looked on me with favor on the humble condition of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. Because the mighty one has done great things for me, and his name is holy. His mercy is from generation to generation on those who fear him. He has done a mighty deed with his arm. He has scattered the proud because of the thoughts of their hearts. He has toppled the mighty from their thrones, and he has exalted the lowly. He has satisfied the hungry with good things, and he has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering his mercy to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he spoke to our ancestors. Her response to doubt and worry Is to worship. Now I cannot ever presume to know why God picked Mary, because this is this is the ultimate story of joy. But I've got a hint that at least part of the reason why Mary got the call, why Mary got the angelic visitation there's a big hint right here in her praise and worship, her song of praise to God. So I did just a a little bit of research. And in those verses, from verse 46 to verse 55, listen to me, church. There are 32 direct quotes or references from the Old Testament. She is pouring scripture out of her mouth to God. When the pressure is put on Mary, what flows out? The word of God. When the doubts assault her and the fears assail her and all the questions begin, what does she do? She sings a song of worship straight from the Scripture, 32 Old Testament references. How did that come out of her? I'll tell you how. It was in her. It was in her soul. That's why it came out when she got the news. She's praying the Scripture. She's worshiping with the Scripture. She has taken her eyes off of what's going on around her, and she's putting her eyes on her God, and she's talking about the Savior that's going to come. That's how she worshiped her way out of the thing she was worried about. So I wanna invite you to bring your worries to God and worship your way out of that thing. What is that thing you and God know? And so I wanna invite you today, just bring it to Jesus, whatever it is. Bring it to Jesus. Depression, anxiety, loneliness, uncertainty, Addiction, anger, unforgiveness, physical ailment, health condition, wayward children, broken marriage, financial insecurity, job loss, sleeplessness. Just bring it to Jesus. Bring it to him. He is literally right here in this room. And he is the source of joy. The only one that can stand the tests that the world throws at you. So I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes and open your heart at every campus and online. We saw people give their lives to Jesus in our first gathering. And in just a moment, we're gonna have a response where everyone is gonna be invited to move. But for now, I wanna make sure that if you came to church today or tuned in online and you do not know Christ, you're not a Christian or, or you just don't know, agnostic, atheist, used to be a Christian, deconstructed, raised in a different tradition, don't know what you believe right now. Jesus wants to save you. And I wanna invite you, I wanna tell you how to be saved. I wanna tell you how. Ask him. Ask him right now, right where you sit, online or at one of our campuses. If you wanna give your life to Jesus and take a first step of faith toward Christ, do it right now. He's listening to you when you pray this to him. So pray this to him in your heart if you, need to, if you need to respond this way. Pray this to him right now. Jesus, I invite you into my life. I want to know you. I want your joy. I need your forgiveness. So I repent of my sin and I trust you to save me. Please save me right now. I love you, Jesus, and I'm yours. I'm gonna ask you to keep your eyes closed. I can't see every campus and I can't see online, but I can see this room and I'm not gonna make you do anything, but I'm gonna ask you to do something. If you just prayed that prayer and you meant that prayer, and it was real, your eyes closed and your heart opened, would you just raise your hand? Just raise it up right now, right where you are. Raise it high enough that I can see you. I'm not gonna point you out. I'm not gonna make you do anything, but would you raise your hand if you just prayed that? Ra- raise them up. I wanna count, just to stir some faith. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. 21 22 23 24 somebody literally waving at me 25 26 27 28 29 30 30 put your hands down every campus can you, can we just celebrate god knows how many people responded but th- <laughs> hold up i don't i'm not going to drive past this 30 of you in this room probably dozens more at all of our campuses you ju- Do you understand what you just did? You just invited the son of the living God to come into your life and take control. Woo! It's the best thing in the world. So I'm gonna invite everybody, all of us, every campus, all everybody, all of y'all, join me, stand up, come on, stand up. Ministry teams are gonna make their way to the front and to the sides, wherever they need to go. Every campus, ministry teams start to move. I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask, don't, don't, don't leave, don't, don't check out. This is the best part of our service, it's where we respond to King Jesus. So here are the ways you can respond. For 30 of y'all in this room and others at other campuses, I'm gonna invite you, as soon as I say amen, I want you to find the cross in your room and I want you to go to it. There's a cross in every one of our rooms. And some of our ministry team members are gonna be there and they wanna pray with you. Another, if you gave your life to Jesus, I want you to go to the cross. You can even do it when I start praying. Others of us that are Christians, we have communion set up in all, of our, in all of our rooms. I wanna encourage every believer in Jesus, every Christian, go take communion as a response. Go take communion. And if you just gave your life to Jesus, you get to take communion for the first time today. You get to take communion because you just met Jesus. So as soon as I say amen, you, I want you to come and take communion. Another way you can respond is to sing and worship right where you stand. You can also respond by giving or you can respond by finding one of our ministry team members and asking for prayer. You can go to them on the sides. You can come to the front and kneel at the altar. There are multiple ways to respond. But specifically, if you gave your life to Jesus today, I want you to be the first one to move. As soon as I say, you don't have to wait till I say amen. You can do it while I'm praying. Go to the cross and let someone know that you pray to receive Christ and then receive communion for your first time the rest of us as believers worship come receive communion pray Jesus we thank you for what you have done today what a miracle that we get to watch people cross over from death to life and those of us who know you get reminded of how we can fight for joy and worship our way out of the worry we bless your name for the miracle of salvation and now we respond in Jesus name amen Thanks for listening to the New Spring Church podcast. Make sure to visit our website at newspring.cc for more content, including videos, articles, and devotionals to help you have an everyday relationship with Jesus. Or plan a visit to one of our campuses across the state of South Carolina.